0: vacation starts with va one thing you'll love about your trip to virginia is that you'll never have to settle for one thing all that you love is all in one trip start yours at (laughs) virginia.org
1: this is the other side of midnight with frank morano they're running a strange program y'all now here's frank morano
2: Let me do my best to give you a few minutes of clarity and facts, and then maybe you can do me the favor of helping me work through my opinion about something. By now, you have heard uh, about these Jeffrey Epstein documents just a few hours ago, Court records related to Jeffrey Epstein have been uh, released, but they are not a client list. Now, before we get into who's named on this list and what the story is, I want you to just understand what these records are. So dozens of previously sealed court documents related to Jeffrey Epstein, who obviously I think people know was a... uh, Uh, incredibly wealthy, incredibly influential financier, who then became a uh, convicted, uh, you know, sex offender. And then, uh, incredibly enough, got this sweetheart deal, as only the wealthy in America can. And then so many of these same people, these same power brokers, not all of them, but so many of these same power brokers continued to deal with Jeffrey Epstein, even after he was a convicted pedophile, essentially. So, in any event... A lot of these court documents related to Jeffrey Epstein were made public late last night as uh, this court released more records from a years-old lawsuit connected to the late financier. So uh, before you start pointing fingers and say, you see, ha, I knew Governor Bill Richardson was a slimeball the whole time, I think if you're one of these online sleuths, you're going to be a little disappointed because the plan to release documents prompted rumors of a list of clients or co-conspirators that's not what we got in fact the judge who made the call wrote in uh, december that she was offering the records released uh, she was ordering the records released because much of the information within them is already public so the first 40 documents Of around 250 expected to eventually be unsealed, largely mentioned figures whose names were already known, including high-profile friends of Epstein's uh, and victims who've spoken publicly about this. So ahead of the document release, there was uh, some what they call misinformation about their contents and was running rampant on social media. We're going to get to that in a second. Uh, And especially the role Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Kimmel has been playing in this. But let me tell you what we know about the document so far. So Epstein was this millionaire known for associating with celebrities, politicians, billionaires, academic stars. And he was initially arrested, just to give you some background, in Palm Beach, Florida in 2005 after he was accused of paying a 14-year-old girl for sex. Dozens of other underage girls described similar sexual abuse, but prosecutors ultimately allowed Epstein to plead guilty in 2008 to a charge involving a single victim. He served 13 months in a jail work release program. It's one of the sweetest of sweetheart deals. And look, I believe there are a lot of, there's a lot of evidence to point to the fact that Epstein might have been working as, I'm not going to say he was a spy, but he was an informant for intelligence agencies, potentially both in the United States and in Israel. I don't know that there's a concrete smoking gun on that fact, but there's a lot of, of evidence to point in that direction. I think that's one of the reasons, not just the fact that he was super wealthy and super well-connected, that he ended up getting such a sweetheart deal initially. So some famous acquaintances abandoned Epstein. After his conviction, including um, President Clinton, including a future President Trump. But many didn't. They continued to mingle with him. The rich and famous continued to hang out with him for another decade, often doing philanthropic endeavors with him. So there was reporting by the Miami Herald back in 2019 that renewed interest in the scandal. And ultimately, prosecutors in New York charged Epstein in 2019 with sex trafficking, and he died in a jail cell while awaiting trial. A lot of people, including me, have some suspicions about the nature of that death. So the U.S. attorney in Manhattan then prosecuted Epstein's former girlfriend, Jelaine Maxwell, for helping recruit his underage victims. She was convicted back in 2021. She's now serving a 20-year prison term. So what are these records about? The records that have been released, what are they about? The documents being unsealed are part of a lawsuit filed against Maxwell by one of Epstein's victims, Virginia Giuffre. She's one of dozens of women who sued Epstein, saying he had abused them at his homes in Florida, New York, the Virgin Islands, and New Mexico. Jufre said the summer she turned 17, she was lured away from a job as a spa attendant at Mar-a-Lago to become a masseuse for Epstein, a job that involved, yes, performing sexual acts. Jufrey also claimed she was pressured into having sex with men in <laughs> Epstein's social orbit, including Prince Andrew, including uh, former New Mexico Governor Bill Richardson, who passed away recently, including former U.S. Senator George Mitchell, uh, the Bill- and, and a lot of other people. And all of those men have said those accounts were fabricated. Yet it's those documents from that lawsuit who a woman who has been at least partially discredited that everyone's now making such a big deal about. Jufre settled a lawsuit against Prince Andrew in 2022. And that same year, Jufre withdrew an accusation that she made against uh, law professor, Alan Dershowitz saying she may have made a mistake in identifying him as an abuser. Well, that's a pretty big mistake. And yet people are all over the place online Sharing names and pictures of names from this lawsuit as if these people are convicted of something. These people, Clinton, Trump, um, Richardson, Dershowitz, they're not convicted of anything. The lawsuit against Maxwell was settled in 2017. And that's the documents that we're talking about here. But the Miami Herald went to court to access court papers initially filed under seal, including transcripts of interviews that the lawyers did with potential witnesses. So about 2,000 pages were unsealed by a court in 2019, and additional documents were released in 2020, 2021, and 2022. The batch currently being released contains around 250 records that sections that were blacked out or were sealed entirely because of concerns about the privacy rights of Epstein's victims and other people whose names had come up during the legal battle but weren't complicit in his crimes. Only around 40 of those documents were made public last night. More are going to be released in the coming days. That's what we know at this point. Now, here's where I need your help. I have always had a problem with the term... Unindicted co-conspirator. Follow me here. I, I know it's going to take me a little while to get to where I'm going, but just follow me. The term unindicted co-conspirator. You hear it a lot, right? Do you know what the two most important letters in unindicted co-conspirator are? Two most important ones. Don't call it. and Just think to yourself. The two most important letters in the term unindicted co-conspirator are you... And N. Un. Because the difference between unindicted co-conspirator and indicted co-conspirator is everything. So whenever they have these court cases where they are naming people who who are in some cases very prominent as unindicted co-conspirators, All I'm thinking is, this is just a way to defame people. This is just a way to drag their names through the mud. Because if there was enough evidence linking them to this conspiracy that they're purportedly a co-conspirator to, they would be indicted. So what you're essentially saying is, we don't have enough evidence to indict these people. So we're going to slap that label on them of unindicted co-conspirator. And every time they go on television, every time they quote it in the newspaper, every time they apply for a job... You Google their name, and if it's been released, you're going to see the term unindicted co-conspirator. So I've always kind of sided on the fact of not releasing the names of people that are unindicted co-conspirators. Additionally... This situation involving the lawsuit brought by Virginia Giuffre. This is a woman. Now, first of all, this is a woman who's a victim. She she has been subjected to the kind of trauma um physical and mental that I can't even imagine and uh, if I had one of um you know if I had access to the kind of person that did to a relative of mine what um Epstein did to Virginia Giuffre Epstein wouldn't have needed to kill himself, OK, because uh, you, wild horses couldn't have prevented me from exacting violence on this man. I'm not I mean, I'm not being anything but district, dis- descriptive, but she does have a credibility problem. She made these very public allegations about all sorts of men so far, other than what she said about Epstein. Not one of them has turned out to be true. So what I'm wrestling with here is should these documents, should these blacked out names be released? What is the value to the public of all these people who are not charged with crimes, who have not been named as, uh, you know, conspirators in anything criminal? What's the value in having their names, again, associated with a low-life convicted sex offender. That's what I can't wrestle with. Now, the other side of me, so you have an, an allegation unproven by a person who's been proven to be disreputable and not credible. That's the one side of me. The other side of me says, look, these are public records. This lawsuit was filed in a public court. And kind of take everything that I've been saying about the JFK assassination documents, take everything that I've been saying about the UFO documents that the government refuses to release, and doesn't it all apply here? We're paying for the cost of the administration of this lawsuit. We're paying for the prosecution and the continued, uh, at least the government side of the appeal of Jelaine Maxwell, Don't we, the public, don't we, the taxpayers, have a right to know everything that's there? Does keeping some of this secret lead to more suspicion? That's kind of what I'm wrestling with, and that's where I need your help. Should these documents, which kind of cast a little bit of a shadow over people that have been charged with no crime, should they be released? That's my question for you. Because I am having a difficult time wrestling with that. I'm a bit ambivalent. On the one hand, I don't want to see innocent people's names dragged through the mud with unproven allegations. On the other hand, my view when it comes to almost everything is release everything and let the public decide for themselves what they think is important. Help me out. Help me work through this. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. Alan Dershowitz, who, as I mentioned, not only was in that litigation with uh, Miss Giuffre, but was the former attorney for Jeffrey Epstein. He w- talked about this on his uh, his podcast, The Dirk Show.
1: The list, the infamous list, the Jeffrey Epstein list of the hundreds of people who had associations with uh, Jeffrey uh, Epstein is uh, is being uh, disclosed. Of course, I'm on the list. Um, I was his lawyer. I flew on his uh, plane with other lawyers um, several times for legal meetings in in Florida and and other proceedings. Um, I was his lawyer. Uh, not only did I fly on his plane as his lawyer, I flew uh, with Senator John Glenn uh, uh, to meet um, President Shimon Perez of Israel. Um, I took my nephew. Um, on a flight to uh, Cape Canaveral to see a satellite launch. Um, I was invited by the head of NASA uh, through his close friend Jeffrey Epstein to see the launch like so many others. I had an innocent relationship with a man who I didn't
2: know, nobody suspected, uh, had done anything wrong. Now. I am looking at these some of these documents that people have been posting online, and Dershowitz is obviously one of the people mentioned, uh, Prince Andrew, one of the people mentioned, Bill Clinton, Al Gore, Ron Eppinger, uh, Governor Bill Richardson, and many others. But here's here's the issue, right? I am seeing, as part of this document release, I'm seeing people send to me and share online a lot of documents that are either fraudulent they're outright fraud- forgeries or they're um, they're just plainly not accurate now I mentioned Stephen Hawking Stephen Hawking had uh, Lou Gehrig's disease Stephen Hawking was someone that was in a wheelchair I guarantee you a lot of uh, you know Stephen Hawking was not involved in the kind of thing that Jeffrey Epstein was involved in and yet two people have posted. Uh, something the, the a Q and A with I don't know who I think it's with um, I think it's with uh, Virginia Giuffre, supposedly saying a um, oh, question. Hold on one sec. Wait, are you telling me that Stephen Hawking frequented the island for pleasure? Answer: Yes. Jeffrey loved to have intellectuals visit the island so he could reward them for their hard work for humanity and for other darker reasons. Question. Did Jeffrey ever talk to you about Stephen Hawking's proclivities? Answer, yes. He liked watching undressed midgets solve complex equations on a too high up chalkboard. Now, so far, two people have sent me that. I don't know. I don't think that's in any of these documents. I haven't read through all 250 of them. But I know that so far, people are passing that around as if it's true. I don't I can tell you, never having met Stephen Hawking, I guarantee you that's not true. It's just the most ridiculous thing ever. I guarantee you, I don't know much about Stephen Hawking and his personal life. I guarantee you what got him off was not seeing vertically challenged people trying to solve math equations. It just, I mean, it's just ridiculous. So uh, my concern is that by having all this Epstein stuff out there, there's just more and more misinformation like that. But this is what I'm trying to wrestle with. I'm wrestling with kind of the need, my belief in public disclosure and letting everything out there with not wanting to have people's names smeared. Okay, that's where we are on the one hand. 800-848-9222. Call in if you like, four open lines. Now, ESPN is having a little bit of a uh, Pat McAfee problem on their hands. Now, Pat McAfee is one of the most successful people in media right now. If you're not familiar with him, I wasn't familiar with him more than a year ago. He's, He's everywhere. He's got one of the most successful podcasts in the world. He's on ESPN. I think he's on WWE still. And basically, he's one of the most successful broadcasters there is. He has ignited. A torrent of backlash on Tuesday when he allowed um, Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers, who, you know, has been described by some... Actually, CNN described him this way. I, I think it's such an insulting way to describe someone, but you get the picture when they describe him this way. CNN describes him as conspiracy curious. <laughs> this is how they described Aaron Rodgers. So... He had Aaron Rodgers on to suggest during his show that Jimmy Kimmel, that's the late night talk show host, might be named in documents identifying the Jeffrey Epstein associates. Here was um, here was Aaron Rodgers talking about this with Pat McAfee. This has something to do with the Epstein list that came out. <laughs> Feels like,
3: feels
2: like. <laughs> that's supposed to be coming out soon. That's supposed to be coming out soon. Look at this guy, he's been it's waiting in his wine cellar. Been, yeah. I've been waiting in my I, wine I, cellar I, for this I, I, thing. I, a lot of people, including Jimmy Kimmel, are really hoping that doesn't matter. <laughs> do oh, right. So he kind of basis baseless, baselessly suggests that Jimmy Kimmel is one of Jeffrey Epstein's associates. Now, the problem is this that airs on ESPN. ESPN is owned by who? Disney. ABC, where Jimmy Kimmel's TV show airs, that's owned by who? Disney. I used to work for a radio station in New York that was owned by Disney as well. So uh, it's all, they're very, very careful usually about firing shots at other Disney stars. So Kimmel fires back at this immediately on Disney's sister channel On ABC saying the reckless words put his family in danger and that if he kept it up, the two of them would debate the facts further in court. So McAfee, for his part, offered an apology yesterday. And uh, the sports personality who confessed to the New York Post that he pays Rogers to do these appearances, he pays him seven figures to appear on the show. By the way, there was an interesting column recently about saying that news talk people should follow Aaron Rodgers' lead and pay really good guests. And it got me thinking, who's good enough that I would pay for a weekly appearance? I really I really don't know. I mean, the only person in the non-sports world uh, that could give you the kind of repeated headlines that Aaron Rodgers does, I mean, maybe there's two. Maybe there's um, Taylor Swift, and I think maybe the other one is Donald Trump, Um Swift, I don't think, needs the money. I think Trump would happily take the money. I don't know that I could afford Trump. But, um, you know, there was this article in Barrett Media, I think it was, that was saying how more news talk people should hire maybe former politicians or other prominent citizens as these kind of contributors. So anyway... um, He told his audience that his program is supposed to be an uplifting, happy one, a fun one, that he doesn't like the fact that we're associated with anything negative. But now that's not exactly a full-throated apology. So uh, Rogers uh, basically defamed Jimmy Kimmel. So I can't imagine that Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney, is happy about this. But this Kimmel-McAfee... Rogers drama it does underscore a growing problem for ESPN which inked a an 85 million dollar 5-year deal last May with Pat McAfee to ex- expand his role on the network and bring the Pat McAfee show to its airwaves so what are they going to do what are they going to do they're going to pay him 85 million dollars and say you can't have crazy conspiracy talk with uh, Aaron Rodgers anymore So the thing with Rodgers is he says a lot of things, whether it's about Epstein, whether it's about UFOs, that instead of drawing attention for what he's saying about sports, especially now this season that he's not playing, a lot of his weekly conversations with Rodgers have given way to the type of headlines that you might see on Alex Jones's show, InfoWars. So I'm curious where you see this whole thing going. And I'm uh, curious if you can help me kind of work through my view on whether or not these documents should be released in an unredacted form, as apparently will be the case. 800 848 9222. Let me say hello to uh, David in the Boogie Down Bronx. Hi, David.
4: Yes, good morning. Okay, there's a couple of things to unpack here. First of all, as far as Maccabee, who I've actually never heard of before, um, the issue with him is, is, and as you know, as a radio host, you have no control over what someone on your program is going to say. So I don't think he should be held responsible. But as far as paying guests to be on your show, I think that's a terrible idea. Um, but you know what really got me to call you is that you keep, in my opinion, slandering Miss Jewfrey. Okay, she is a victim. She settled with Prince Andrew. He gave her I don't know how much money it was because it was. Um, Uh, what's the word? Uh, It was not public what the settlement was, but it had to be a lot of money to to drop her lawsuit against him. Clearly, something happened. And Prince Andrew never explained properly what his relationship was to her, why they were pictures of them together. He said something that they couldn't have been because he didn't sweat or some other nonsense. So let's be clear. Prince Andrew is no innocent man. All right. And then you say that Jufi lacks credibility because she dropped allegations against Dershowitz. If you listen to the statement she made when she withdrew that lawsuit, it's clear that that was drafted by her attorneys because she had received the settlement from Prince Andrew. She clearly can't afford to be in litigation with Mr. Dershowitz, who has a lot of time on his hands and can run up millions of dollars in legal bills against her. So, well, first, know, of all, first, first of all, first of all, first of all, real, real yeah.
2: quick, Dave. Just on that front, you know, she was being represented by David Boyes, who's one of the best attorneys in the world, and who I don't think was asking for any money from uh, from Giuffre in that representation against uh, against Dershowitz. At at all. Uh, So uh, again, she is a victim. I don't want to I don't want to pick on her. But I mean, I think to make a such a bold claim like that and then to just withdraw it so publicly when it comes time for the rubber to meet the road in court. I do think that that is uh, an an impeachment of someone's credibility
4: well you know what you know this happens all the time where people withdraw lawsuits and it doesn't mean that the person withdrawing the lawsuit is necessarily guilty of anything fair okay the fact fair. that she made and she made that statement clearly because she didn't want to face a lawsuit from dershowitz now the, my issue in this in this whole thing with epstein is and and you know this happened when he quote quote dot well he did die when he quote killed himself the fbi Took raided all his residences, including the one on the Virgin Island, and took hundreds of items, boxes, videotapes, data drives. Where is all that stuff? Who has seen it? Okay. And I believe that people should know who has been associating with this guy, because it's been known for at least 20 years that he had a predilection for underage girls. Anyone who wants to be in the public eye who would spend time with somebody like that, I know you wouldn't spend time with somebody like that. I certainly wouldn't. Anyone who would spend time with a pedophile should be questioned about why they were spending time with him. I don't think Jeffrey Epstein was a champion tiddlywinks player. So why were they flying to his island? Why were they on his plane all the time? RFK Jr., you should ask him when he comes on your program, why was he on Jeffrey Epstein's plane at least two or three times? Oh, I will. People have a right I to know that. People I absolutely uh, will. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, but so yeah. your view, just so I'm clear, David, then, is release everything, release all these documents in an unredacted manner.
4: Yes, and the FBI should find some way to release a lot of that information they took from Jeffrey Epstein's properties. Why should the FBI and and whoever has access to them be the only people that knows what's on Mm -hmm. those tapes and what's on those thumb drives? That's not right because who knows who's been compromised? Because you, you hinted at this. There's some people who believe, and I'm one of them, that Jeffrey Epstein was working for a foreign intelligence service. I don't know if it was for the Israelis or the Russians. But if, if there are people who are in power in this country and in other countries who have material being held by our federal government that implicates them in, in sexual trafficking of children, we should know that.
2: But now, in the case of these people, though. Uh, and you make a, a very compelling case, and I have one follow-up question with what you said on the uh, Pat McAfee thing. But in the case of all these people, Bill Clinton, Al Gore, Bill Richardson, who's who's dead and can't defend himself, um, it, none of them have been charged with a crime. None of them, right? So isn't it at least a little bit unfair to uh, to have their names out there as if they're, you know, as if they are doing something that's illicit?
4: Well, well, the, the, like the judge said, though, their names have been out there already mm-hmm. because the flight lists have been out there and everything else. And, you know, like I said, why don't they release everything, everything they have in their possession so that we as a public – can go vet this information, the press can vet it, and we can find out who may or may not be guilty of of sex trafficking. Because I think it's important for us to know that.
2: And I want to try and get to some other people here, David. But the last question I'll ask, based on what you said about um, McAfee not being responsible for... you know, what, uh, what Aaron Rodgers says. Now, that's true. I have a lot of crazy people on this show that say a lot of crazy things, and I would hate to be responsible for what any of them say. But the difference is I've never paid any of them. Aaron Rodgers is getting paid seven figures by Pat McAfee to be on that show. So it's almost like he's more of a, a contributor than, than a newsmaker, if that makes sense. Does that change your equation at all?
4: Well, no, because I mean, uh, well, I'm assuming that Killmeat has some arrangement with your program. Uh, I don't I don't know if you're paying him. But no, definitely not. It, uh, definitely uh, not. Mm-hmm. OK, so the thing is, though, anything that a guest comes on your program and says you're not responsible for. And I think the the issue and, and this is what I was hinting at initially is that I don't think you should be paying people to be on your program. And that includes McAfee, because in a sense, when you're paying someone, you are sort of responsible for what they say. You know, and and I'll just say this in, in finishing. The only guest I think you should take to be on your program is Ric Flair, because I'd be very interested in <laughs> what he has to say. <laughs> Woo!
2: Well done, David. See that that is a call from a former listener of the week, right there. See, that's that's how you do that, right there. 800-848-9222. You see, he was quick. The radio wasn't on, solid phone connection, injects a little humor. He had his opinions down. He had his facts down. That was outstanding. Even if I ended up disagreeing with some of the things that he said. 800-848-9222. Jim is in New City. Give me your view.
5: Oh, boy, here we go. Are we getting the connection here?
2: Jim, I'm going to put you on hold. We'll work on it, okay? Um, And, uh, you know, uh, by the way, the person that said... Um, maybe that was McAfee himself that uh, made that point about what why P, he why he sees the value in having high profile guests and getting them paid because look it has worked out for him in that you know he's in the news every week because of something that you know that Aaron Rodgers says. So uh, it was Jason Barrett. Jason Barrett was the journalist that said Pat McAfee is making a smart investment in Aaron Rodgers. He also pays Nick Saban and others. And then you've had others that say, you know, people in the news talk format should do the same thing. 800-848-9222. I'm going to continue with your calls in a moment. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Two open lines if you want to comment straight ahead.
1: The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Murano. Oh,
2: 40 minutes after the hour, the great Kenny Rogers singing Lucille. I almost don't want to interrupt him. He's an amazing person. Hey, um, you want to make money in the stock market? Well, I, look, I have finally found a way. I didn't think it could be done because in the short term, let's be honest. Well, in long-term stock market, you're always going to ultimately do okay. But in the short term, the stock market is is gambling, right? I mean, you sometimes it goes up. Sometimes it goes down. There's no way in the short term on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis, unless you, you have certain information, that you're going to be able to guarantee that you make money in the stock market. There's no way. And anybody that's honest about the stock market will tell you that. Well. Um I have finally found the perfect foolproof way to make money in the stock market. Are you ready? Get elected to Congress. There is an incredibly bipartisan group of congress members who continue to exhibit their incredible skill at buying and selling stocks to enrich themselves above the market. They're all like Nancy Pelosi, a magician's touch. So like every year since 2020, U.S. politicians have beat the stock market and many in Congress made unusually timed trades resulting in huge gains. So here were the top performers of 2023 you could take a look at this chart yourself i'm not gonna Well, you know what i'll post it on my facebook page if you want to uh take a look at it uh, facebook.com slash morano fan but um i'm not gonna read everybody but these are a few of the bipartisan members of congress that somehow managed to do really well i don't know how but they did congressman brian higgins his year-to-date return for last year, in terms of what he made on the stock market, 238.9%. 238.9%. congressman That's Congressman Brian Higgins, Democrat. Congressman Mark Green, Republican, did pretty well. His return for the year, 122%. Congressman Garrett Graves, Republican, one hundred seven point six percent. David Rouser, one hundred five point six percent. Congressman Seth Mountain, Democrat, eighty percent. Congressman, Senator, excuse me, Senator Ron Wyden, Democrat, seventy eight and a half percent. John Rutherford, sixty nine percent. Dick Blumenthal, sixty eight percent. Nancy Pelosi, sixty five percent. Pete Sessions, sixty three percent. You can go down the list. And I just posted, if you want to see it, somehow these members of Congress, which make policy over the economy, over making incredible buying decisions, not only about military issues, which we talk about a lot, but they make decisions about financial regulations, about all sorts of things. Big tech, they somehow have managed to do better than all of us in the stock market this year. I'm sure it's just a coincidence, but uh, sure enough, maybe it's good luck. Maybe it just works out that way. If you want to make money in the stock market, the best thing that you can do, get elected to Congress, because somehow these guys find a way to do it. And these are people that don't agree on anything. Marjorie Taylor Greene may not have a lot in common with Roe Khanna. Mitch McConnell may not have that much in common with Nancy Pelosi. The one thing they have in common, they all managed to make a ton of money buying and selling stocks last year. 800-848-9222. 9222 if you want to comment on uh, any of this stuff related to uh, anything we've covered thus far. Let me say hello to uh, Jim in New City. Hi, Jim.
5: All oh, right, great that you got me back. I'm better standing with great. reception. Okay, how about this? Don't disclose anyone's names with Epstein. I mean, investigate them, give them a fair shake, and then maybe become public, you know, fodder. That's fine. But you don't disclose anyone's names. That's That shouldn't be done. We all know that. We want privacy in all our lives. And as far as insider trading, that's the biggest joke in the book. These guys, it's ridiculous. All right. Now, instead of going to the leap of being uh, elected to Congress, just go to their um, financial guys and tell them I want to piggyback off this guy. And that's it. Pretty easier than being elected to Congress. There you go,
2: Jim. There you go. Maybe, you know, a couple of years ago, there were a couple of funds that started offering uh, members of Congress traded funds. Like you could buy an index fund that either the Republicans were trading or the Democrats were trading or that everybody was trading. But I think you don't necessarily know which trades those are until after the year is over. But I think that's a, a fair point. You you want to, you know, uh, make money, maybe hire Nancy Pelosi or Mitch McConnell's investment advisor, right? 800-848-9222. Uh, let's say hello to Deborah in Fort Lee. Hi, Debra. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes, hi Frank. Uh, I have two things to say. Uh, did she is Oprah on that list because she did go to that island uh, very often? Did, is she on that list? Well, that you, uh, so
2: I, I didn't see her in any of the documents that I've seen. But again, okay. there's there's um, there's two hundred and fifty of them, so I, I didn't read all okay. of them.
0: Okay, so there's other things that people did on that island. It, you know, there had to be. It right, wasn't sure. just for. Right. So they they should not reveal the names. The other thing is just say if somebody's driving by where you live and they see your car in a strip club parking lot, it doesn't mean you're getting a lap dance. It could mean you're just stopped by for a drink. So, no, they shouldn't reveal the names.
2: Yeah, I, I, I mean, that's, you know, based on what you said and, and what Jim said, there's fun- fundamentally – Something fair about that. I I mean, again, especially people like Bill Richardson, who are dead and can't explain any of the context of why they're popping up in these documents. I just don't like uh, besmirching people that haven't been charged with any crime, let alone convicted of anything.
0: I agree. I agree. All right. Other things they could have been doing there, especially if Oprah went there, that tells you something, right?
2: Yeah, indeed. Well, right, or or yes. or, or anybody else, right? Uh, I mean, yes, again, that going, um, you know, taking a, a trip on a, a wealthy donor's flight, you know, there's not necessarily something yeah. wrong with that. Doesn't mean you were getting a massage from Virginia right. Dufresne.
0: Oh, and Frank, I have a question. You're doing like an unsolved type uh, mystery type thing once a week. Is that what you're doing? Like a segment?
2: Basically, yeah, yeah. It runs uh, on WABC in New York.
0: Okay, so uh, could we give you idea topics sure. that we are interested in?
2: Yes, yeah, uh, sure. Do you know
0: anything, uh, the Summer Wells uh, stories about the little girl that went missing? Summer Wells, do you know about that? I,
2: not off the top of my head. Uh, the name sounds right. familiar, but I don't...
0: Look it up. I think it's interesting. It's very interesting. Maybe you could have somebody on that wrote a book or did something because it's very interesting. Summer Wells, that's her name.
2: Yeah, no, I'll I'll look into that. Thank you, Deborah. 800 848 Victor is in New Jersey. Hi, Victor.
5: How are you doing, Frank? So I wasn't calling to talk about this, but so George Santos had the uh, winning lottery ticket and blew it up because he lied about being in a Jewish volleyball star or something.
2: Right, well, I mean, it was a little Congress, more right? than that. Yeah, exactly.
5: I mean, and I don't know, I, I read something a couple years ago. Paul Pelosi was picking 960% better than Warren Buffett at one point. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean,
2: I, I, I didn't see on, that, but I'm oh, not surprised by that. Yeah,
5: I mean, it's insane. So I, I called to talk about McAfee and uh, Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, Rodgers not an idiot. Rodgers, I don't know if he defamed him. Really, what he said was, there's going to be a lot of people worried about that list, including Jimmy Kimmel. So he's kind of insinuating it a little bit, but mm-hmm. really he, Jimmy Kimmel is going to come sort of tie back to um, Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, he, in a, he ate, uh, in a, you know, his, his best friend is Jeffrey Epstein's former personal chef. I mean, he's on segments in his restaurant. So I mean, he can't say he's never met him. Mm-hmm. I, I I I would you know. So I, I would think Rogers knows about that relationship. That that w- that relationship was trending on Twitter yesterday. So I'm sure that's why that's what why Rogers brought it up yesterday. Well,
2: I think it might have been trending on Twitter because Rogers had said that. But but yeah, I mean, so Rogers said on McAfee's show, uh, there's a lot of people, including Jimmy Kimmel, really hoping that doesn't come out. Kimmel yeah, comes so, I mean, out. Is
5: that, is that really, is that a, is that a defamation? Is he, well, so is he, I don't know,
2: is he right? Saying,
0: I,
5: I don't he think so. I, Jimmy I think, Kimmel was on that island look, and Jimmy right. Kimmel's
2: right. Ex, it, it, you know? Exactly. I happen to think that the bar for uh, defamation is pretty high for anybody, but especially Agreed. for a public figure, right? I mean, if you're a Agreed public figure. When
5: when, store, when those store, you know, Jimmy Kimmel sat down in that restaurant, you know, uh, that that man owns, like and did an and did a news segment. He did it. He did a uh, an interview after he got a contract or renew his contract or something. Some woman sat down with him in that restaurant and says, I eat here every night. I love this place. I love uh, the owner. We've mm-hmm. been best friends for, you know, whatever amount of time. So, you know. So he has some tie to him, you know.
2: Now, now so I, I agree with you, right? I don't think I don't think that that kind of statement is actionable on uh, on Kimmel's part. But when he when he claims, and let's assume for the sake of this discussion that he's being truthful here, that he says your reckless words put my family in danger. Keep it up, and we will debate the facts further in court. There are a lot of nuts out there, Victor, that would, I don't know, try to, you know, think that they're defending the honor of uh, 14-year-old virgins and go to Jimmy Kimmel's house and try to throw stones into his house or something along those lines. I mean, they- no, yeah, that that I agree with, uh, you know, if his family is legitimately in
5: danger. But you know what I do if I'm Aaron Rodgers? I say, I call, I call him. I I, prove prove it. Go ahead. Right. Go ahead and sue me. Jimmy Kimmel's not going to court and talking about that because I guarantee he has ties to Jeffrey Epstein that he wants no one to know about.
2: All right, Victor. I'm
5: not saying he went to his island. You know, Uh,
2: Victor, Uh, I hear you. Victor, I got to run. If Jimmy Kimmel or his attorneys are listening, those comments were made by Victor. Not by me. I have no knowledge of Jimmy Kimmel's relationship with uh, Jeffrey Epstein or anybody else for that matter. All right. 800-848-9222. Four open lines if you want to comment. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead.
1: The Other Side of Midnight. sign at midnight with Frank
3: Morano never close your eyes anymore when I kiss your lips and there's no tenderness like grief in your pain tears you're trying hard not to show it but baby, baby, I know.
2: Just brothers, you lost that love and feeling. This is a um, bumper music selection by our listener of the week, Tom Brodo. He's one half of our listener of the week. Uh, the other one being his partner, Janice. Uh, longtime listeners, great listeners. We're giving them some picks today, some picks tomorrow, and uh, we will, uh, you know, we'll sprinkle them throughout the next couple of days. Because he he got our, got at me his list late, but it's a pretty exhaustive exhaustive. List All right, um eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two three open lines if you want to comment. Now, a couple of you have been asking about the status of our uh, cat situation and the basically, if you're new to the show, my wife is fostering a cat that formerly lived with my in-laws, and she is not getting along with our existing cat. And we've been using the pheromones. We have these plug-in pheromone things. And their relationship has improved from when it first began, where they could not be in the same room with one another, but my wife believes that it's plateaued. So basically, it used to be that whenever Prissy saw the cat formerly known as ex-best friend, now we call him Ed, Ed best friend. So whenever Prissy is with Ed, uh, initially she would see him and just start hissing and going crazy. Now... It's when she gets close enough, close to him. That's when she starts going crazy. So we still have to keep them separated at night. One of them uh, keeps it in, one of them keeps uh, their litter box in my office. Another one keeps their litter box in my wife's office, which I'm just thrilled about because I have that stench of kitty litter once in a while in my office. And again, my wife is a very fastidious cleaner, but it's still, you know, it's still there. But... We have to keep the office door closed because otherwise they will get into my son's bedroom and wake him while he's sleeping. So one of the things that uh, my sister-in-law Sharon suggested was using CBD oil for the cats to calm Prissy. Not just not really just Prissy because Ed has no problem with Prissy or anybody else, although he did scratch me the other day. But he only has a problem, Prissy has a big, big problem with him. I'm curious if anyone has tried that, using CBD oil to calm down an ornery cat. Otherwise, we're not sure what we're going to do, how long we can basically have this cat cold war going on in our house. So we'll see where it goes. 800-848-9222. Uh, Norman is in Brooklyn. Hi, Norman.
6: Hey Frank, once you get once you get the cat a bong already, Frank. I,
2: I I don't know if um she'll know how to smoke it, honestly.
6: <laughs> well, you gotta you gotta hold it in the cat's mouth, Frank.
2: <laughs> Duly noted. It sounds like you've got some experience. Okay.
6: Yeah. Uh, okay. Um. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers should not have done that to Jimmy Kimmel. It was uh, inappropriate, uh, libelous. Um. I, I absolutely think he should not have done. that. I denounce him for that. But um, I don't think I think it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Um, G- Jimmy Kimmel used to have Donald Trump on and then they would laugh and joke. And the, the audience thought he, Trump was delightful. Everybody was happy. And then Trump became president and Kimmel turned uh, President Trump into Satan. It became just, you know, a nonstop war on him and he would never have him on again. And. uh you know, I just, uh, you know, I, and I, I got completely turned off at that, at that time for the Jimmy Kimmel show, which I used to love. I used to love watching it. It was lighthearted. And then he became so political, so damn political. And, uh, you know.
2: Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, uh, Norman. Thank you. I try to have principles or things that I believe in and then stick with them whether the person being wronged or offended is someone that I like or I don't like. So I don't think if you think Aaron Rodgers did the wrong thing, I don't think you should change your view because you don't like Jimmy Kimmel. That's my take. Help control the pet population. Get your dog or cat spayed or neutered.